With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now at the Home Depot, buy any bag of Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard Fertilizer, and we'll throw in a gallon of Ortho Home Defense Max Insect Killer worth over 7 bucks free. Your lawn will be protected all winter. And when spring arrives, a greener, healthier yard will, too. A great lawn in the spring starts in the fall with Scott's Winter Guard Fertilizer and a free gallon of Ortho Home Defense Max. More saving, more doing. That's the power of the Home Depot. Valid through October 5th, U.S. only. See store for details.
that's the way we kick off today's show with a little suicidal tendencies and war inside my head. That's such a great song. I remember uh, S.O.D. used to do a cover of that back in the day, and that was actually the first time I heard it, even before I heard the original version by Suicidal. Killer song right there. And welcome to today's show. Later on, in about a half hour or so, Jammer from Brute Force. We're going to have him on, and we're going to talk to Jammer. Great guy. You know, you might know him and his brother Slammer, the two professional wrestlers now involved in heavy metal, or like he says, they always have been, just that they retired from the wrestling world, and the putting all the reference into the music today. So we'll get to that interview in about a half hour. It was pre-recorded. I also dug up an interview with the New York Band Misery that I did a while back that I kind of forgot all about. So if we have time on today's show, maybe I'll get that one on also. And as everybody knows, it's 9-11 today. It's, you know, it's a sad day for this country, and I don't think there's anything I can say that hasn't been said all day long from TV to radio and everybody else, which sent out all our thoughts and prayers, all the families and friends that we lost that day. It's a sad day. Uh, I worked for Con Edison here in New York, and I was there from day one until eight months later, working six, seven days a week, 12 hours a day, and the stuff I saw down there the first night was horrific, and it can't be described to anybody unless you were down there, and all I can say is, you know, condolences to the friends, the family, and everybody else we lost that day, and I'm going to get on a couple of 9-11 related songs today uh, throughout the show, some that were written specifically for the event, but some that kind of have some meaning uh, later on, years after the event took place, so how about we do one of them, and then... uh. We'll keep the show going. This is Lost Legacy, killer New York band. I had these guys on the show a couple of years ago. Uh, they wrote a song called Towers. Here it is.
that was Lost Legacy with the towers. Great song about 9-11 over there. All right, let me see what we got lined up for you now. I was going to do our demolition segment, but we'll hold off on that for a little bit because it's just me today. So we'll save that for a little later on. Not much happening in the world of metal. I saw that uh, Testament's going to be coming around here pretty soon. I think they're co-headlining with Anthrax. That's the way it looks on all the flyers. Uh, but it's them, Anthrax, and Death Angel. So that should be a great show, and I'm looking forward to it. Not so much Anthrax. I haven't been a fan of theirs for a long time. And the new record, I don't know. It just seems like they went with the whatever's going on again today. You know, whatever style of metal was popular at the time, Anthrax seemed the right albums based around that kind of style and genre. And they did it again with this album. And they're all in the press right now talking about how great Joey Belladonna is, how what a wonderful job he did in the record. He owns it. Six months from now, when they kick him out of the band for like the third or fourth time, they'll all be talking bad about him again. They got those death pools going. We should start one up with the, with the Anthrax and pick out the date that Joey Belladonna is going to get kicked out of the band again or leave on his own. <laughs> See who wins a little chip in $10, do it like a football pool or something. Uh, but I also saw, I was talking about Testament and, uh, Paul Bolstaff, he hurt himself not long ago, so he's kind of not with the band right now. He's uh, taking a break healing. I believe he broke his wrist or he hurt his hand or something. And, uh, I mean, they, they got Gene Hoglund playing drums for them. You know, Gene's amazing, but I'd be a little nervous if I was being replaced by Gene Hoglund, you know, on a temporary basis. And it's got to be a kind of an uncomfortable feeling that your bandmates wouldn't even wait a while for you to heal. I mean, it probably, it's probably going to take a few months, could even take a year. I don't know how severe it is, but... You would think after being in the band for that long and being such a tight unit that they would just wait for him to get better, to record the record, you know, to go out on tour, or at least try to have him on the album, but they didn't. So let's see what happens, how that plays out. Uh, hang on a second. I think I got Alex on the line. Alex, you there? Yeah, I'm here. <clears throat> hey, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Uh, not much. I'm just frustrated with blog talk tonight because I, the fucking uh, chat room won't load. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it, t- it even takes me a while to get on it sometimes. The last couple of weeks... Yeah. It spins for a while before it, before it comes on, but it's no different today than when you were on here. <laughs> it's yeah, well, lo- I got, I, I, I'm able to tune into the show, but that damn chat won't load. Pain in the yeah. ass. It took me it took me five minutes just to get the show the show loaded. Yeah, it'll take you about another forty five minutes probably to get on, then the show'll be over. Uh, pain in the ass. Is there any? Well, is, is the chat busy? Yeah, there's anyway? a few people. There's a few people. Yeah. There's not so many people ever in the chat. The chat's always quiet. Yeah, whatever. It's a couple of things. That's the, about the, it. The show is the important part. Yeah, I was just listening to that 9/11 track you played. That was a good song. Yeah, it's Lost Legacy. Really good band out of New York. Uh, had them on a couple of years ago, I think. Uh, I just can't remember the name of the record right now. Well, I'll dig it up uh, as the show goes on and announce it, so people, if they want to pick it up, they can. Yeah, I was just talking about Testament. I know you said you were going to go see the show with Testament and Anthrax and Death Angel when it comes by your area. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to at least. Yeah. Should be a good show that one. I was just saying how you know Testament was moving on without the drummer Paul because of his injury, and uh, I I would feel kind of uneasy about that if I was a drummer in the band like the rest of the guys didn't want to wait for me. You know, it's like a kiss move. Yeah, did they um? Well, did they permanently replace him, or did they nah. say they were just gonna get Gene in until he was better? Yeah, it's just Gene temporarily. Uh, he's playing on the album. He'll probably do this tour with them. You know. But, uh, you know, Gene Hogland's, you know, <laughs> I think if they yeah. could keep Gene in the band, they probably would. Not I to say anything bad about I, Paul. I, He's a great drummer. I, I consider Gene the quintessential thrash drummer. There's no one better in thrash than him. No, without a doubt. You know, Paul's no slouch himself, but, you know, no. it's just got to be a comfortable feeling, I was saying, you know, not being involved with it. Wasn't, Paul, the the, uh, wasn't Paul in Exodus? Uh, Paul was in a lot of bands. <laughs> I couldn't even name them all, but... uh. Yeah, he did play in a lot of bands. I'm not sure if he played in Nexus. He might have. 
Or no, I'm sorry. No, I'm thinking. You know who I'm? I'm thinking of Paul Bailoff. I got the two of them mixed up. Uh, well, that was the singer. Paul's a drummer. Yeah. Yeah, he played. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think he, but I think he did play in Exodus too. I think it was like uh, 2005 around then. I think he did so play in for a little while. Uh, so he's, he's one of those guys that's been in like <laughs> a ton of bands. Oh yeah, yeah. He got up with. He joined up with Testament about 2008 again. But he was in a whole bunch of bands before that. He played with Slayer for a little short time uh, when uh, Dave Lombardo was out of the band. Um, I'm trying to think. There was so many other bands. I think it was a band called Systematic or something he played in in the early part of this decade. Yeah. So uh, he's been around the block. He worked, played in Forbidden. Yeah. So he's yeah, a drummer. Should be, t- Testament should be great, though. Should be a good show. Testament always puts on a good show. Not looking forward to the Anthrax part. I'll probably leave before they even come yeah, on. Yeah, I, I I probably will too. You know, it's good. It's good too because avoid all the freaking moshers. You know. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It should be a good show. Let me so where's, 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 where's Tommy this evening? Tommy is watching TV. So. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> he's watching TV. So I'm gonna have to scratch him off the co-host list. He hasn't been here in so long. He's gone. Oh wow! Well. He's, he's now a friend of the show. He's been demoted. Like when you don't donate enough money to church, and they put up the yeah. plaques for you, you get a pew demoted, if you donate a thousand dollars. Well, geez, I guess you're not as generous as me. I I should have demoted Ryan a long time ago, huh? Oh yeah, Ryan. <laughs> forget about it. Ryan should have been shipped down to Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, I I I saw you and him going back and forth on my page today about uh, when I said I was thinking of moving the show to just Saturday and. He said, oh, that would be great because then I could be there because, you know, I won't have schoolwork. And then you said, what was your excuse the other two months? <laughs> yeah, the whole summer he wasn't there. <laughs> no matter what day yeah. you have it, you got to watch with him. But that's your beast of burden. I have mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should, Maybe the two of them should team up and do a show together. That would be great. None of them show up. <laughs> they, could, they could talk politics and stuff because it seems like You've got to get them to show up, but that's the hard part. The two of them would never show up. That's true, but it just seems like when it comes to politics, they really get going, those two. Definitely, I know. Well, today would have been a perfect day for them with 9-11. They could have ranted and raved all day today. Oh, yeah. Well, remember this time last year, Ryan was doing the rants about the mosque they were in a build? Yeah, 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 the one in Manhattan, yeah. It's going to yeah. happen anyway, so nothing you can do about it. Ugh. All right, you going to hang out? Because i got nobody else calling it today. Yeah, I'll be here. All right, stay on the line. I'm going to play some songs. Let me see what I got for you. How about we do boo boo uh let me see, I'll get you on some evil sinner. I haven't played this okay. band I think since the first year I was on. Here's a so called fate.
right, that was Benedictine with the Shadowlands and Veronica Freeman. What a powerhouse behind the mic over there. And speaking about female fronted metal, Friday night I stopped by to go see Doro. Uh, she did one show in New York, and she has a show tonight in Chicago to celebrate the 20th, uh, yeah, 25th anniversary release of the DVD. They showed you clips of it on the mod that looks pretty good. I miss my buddy Kenny Pierce from piercingmetal.com when I was there because he was the man about town Friday, running between that show and Arch Enemy. So I'm sure he's going to have a lot to write about and a lot of pictures to put up on his site. So head over to piercingmetal.com and check out Kenny's musings. Kenny, thank you. Uh, I missed you that night, but I did get to run into Aaron Joy. Aaron's a great guy. He interviewed me last week on his show, Roman Midnight Music. So I hung out with Aaron for a while. I had to step out for a little bit, but Doro, she looked and sounded great. Oh, hang on. Matter of fact, Alex, hang on. I think I got Kenny on the line. We'll get a little review there. MrPiercingMetal.com, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Mike? How are you? What's happening, Kenny? How are you doing tonight? Oh, uh, you know, I'm tired. I think I ran around a little too much for my age the other night. <laughs> I tell you, you were all, midtown, downtown, you were all over the place Friday night covering all the, the metal going on in Manhattan. Well, I figured there was no better time to go into Manhattan for a metal show than when the city is under high <laughs> alert. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, there were police on every block, cop cars riding up and down. Did, with the lights did anything end up actually happening, or was it close? Well, Alex, you have to know they did put this. You know, obviously it's 9/11. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, but they did put the city under high alert, and they made an announcement that Friday that uh, everything was, you know, watch for trains, watch for cars coming into the city. And then I remembered, holy crap, Mike's already in the city, and he's going to see a show, and I cannot stay home if he's going to get- make it. So if, if Mike was going to make it, I had to I had to man up and get out there too. <laughs> and you did just uh, I I missed you at the Doro show, but uh, yeah, I heard you were there. Was it, it? I heard you were there, and I'm sorry I didn't see you because you know I pretty much came in like a like a tour de force and got back out as soon as uh, as soon as most of her set was up because uh, Arch Enemy was playing at the same time. Basically, what I did was a uh, you know I went to Best Buy Theater for Thonic, the uh, Taiwanese death metal band, and uh, shot. Down to Gramercy for Doro, so missed the opening bands. Who I believe you were interviewing, one of them. Somebody decided to run a lawnmower outside the house. Sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, I live in like absolute, absolute urban, and there's a, a lawnmower goes off. The uh, and so then I went back up after Doro to see Arch Enemy. So it was, it was a full night. I'm sure. Was. How was that show? Arch Enemy is great live. They really are. But uh, some of the friends who were or around were saying that Devil Driver pretty much put on a performance of a lifetime, which I kind of was sad to miss. But you really can't miss Doro when she's in town. She doesn't come to the city a lot, and it's like maybe once a year or so, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and with that being the case, you don't want uh, to miss her because she's just too good live. you know. And 25 years, she's got the new DVD and the CD, uh, which I'm sure you've seen yet, right? Yeah, I saw it really, really good. A lot of footage on there. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice package if you're a fan. If you're not a fan, it's a great way to get acquainted with her music because it goes back to the Warlock days and right up to the solo stuff. So uh, it's definitely a, a must buy. And uh, since you already mentioned Doro, she will be the guest next Sunday on the three-year anniversary show. So I'm awesome. looking forward to that. That should be pretty good. Gonna have a good time next week. We also also have Paul Diana on, but he called me today. He's heading to Brazil, so he'll do it in October. So it's just Doro next week. So I wonder if the only bad thing is actually getting Paul to show up to the show. 
Yeah, this time he was rearing the gub, but uh, I guess after spending nine months in the can or whatever time he put in over there, he's, uh, you know, looking to get out and do a little tour and make some money. Yeah, again. Was, he, was he in for tax evasion or something like that? I think it was more like welfare fraud over there. He was collecting, I guess, disability or welfare payments, <laughs> and uh, I guess somebody caught him in a video on stage and <laughs> he well, a little right, bit well, of money there. Well, that's, that's what happens. You know, you can't, you can't claim disability and then, you know, uh, have every, every kid in the front row of the audience film and you're throwing you on YouTube, <laughs> he's <laughs> jumping around. You know, as much as he jumps around, he doesn't really jump around, but he 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 moves quite a bit up there on on the stage. And uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard to commit fraud. It's like yeah, you know, you can get away with it when you're like a Joe Schmo who's nobody, nobody's going to find you. But when you're in the public eye, you know, you're going to get caught eventually. And it caught up to him, but he's out. So, uh, but we'll have him on in October. So we'll, we'll worry about that. You know. When we get to that point in time, but it was a good show. Uh, uh, Chris was there. He, he played with her a little bit. Mark Tanilla from uh, uh, Accept the TT Quick sang uh, East Meets West, and uh, I, I think there were other people there, but I didn't recognize some of them or, or know who they were. So I noticed. I noticed that uh, Mark Scott was in the audience. He's a he was a drummer for Trickster. For anybody who you know, and I, you know, I know oh, a lot of you. There's a shitty band for you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, um, and also, um, also, I, I believe his name is Joe Taylor. He was a guy who worked on guitar with uh, with Doro for a while, but uh, I didn't really see anybody else. Did you see anyone else walking around? No, that was it. I, I saw Mark and Chris, and uh, I, I, I didn't see uh, the, the drummer for Tricks. I didn't even recognize him. If I would have saw him, I wouldn't even recognize Even Chris looked so different when I, when I saw him. I didn't even recognize him at first. People just getting older, you know. Everybody's starting to change a little bit. Well, Chris, Chris looked the same to me, you know. Well, and, you see uh, him a lot more often. You're at a lot of lot more shows. Yeah, he's than a, I he's a, a lot more New York more. shows than uh, than than you get to to see him at. So yeah, I I can agree with that. So yeah, I that's fine. He's and he's and Chris always likes to you know tease me when he sees me. So he's a he's a, he's a good guy. So. Uh, it definitely is, and I, I got to work on getting him on the show pretty soon too, because I know that'll make Alex happy. <laughs> Oh, I got nothing against him. I just hate Trickster music. No, I was no, talking no, about no. Chris Caffrey. Oh, Chris Caffrey. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll give you the Trickster guy for your show, Alex. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that'd be awful. Now, now, Mike, are you going to Anthrax tomorrow, the secret show? No, no. Uh, what are they playing on the Satan's Lounge uh, Monday? Satan's Lounge Act. Or Satan's Lounge Act. Act. Yeah, that was a song on their first demo tape. Oh, Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they're they're playing Best Buy, and then of course you know the biggest event of all metal ever to ever happen is the Big Four, yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. I get to do. Um, I, the the emails are so unclear because it's it's like it's it's press section, and I don't know if that means I'm at the show, staying at the show, or am I in the room watching TV? I think either way, it's going to be an interesting adventure. So. Um, so I'm excited, you know. I'm happy that all of these bands are putting stuff together and all these fans are coming out for it. But you know me. I, I like a lot of the new stuff. I think there's a lot of great, exciting new metal that's out there. And, and much like yourself, you know, you're always focusing on some really good other unsung metal that doesn't get the, the proper attention. So, yeah, it's great to see Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer. But they always play. So, that's true. That's true. You, know, you gotta, you gotta, yeah, you gotta try the new stuff out. I mean, you might not like some of it, you might not like all of it, but at least give it a shot. Because even if you I'm come an, across one band that turns you on, I'm an old band school, in your repertoire. 
I'm an old school fan, and my friend was trying to impress me by telling me he dug out his old Sabbath records again, and I was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> cool beans. What else do you listen to? Oh, well, put on my Dio. Okay. Well. Yeah, uh, all, the, all the big ones. Yeah. Nothing against all of those guys. Of course, oh. I love that stuff, but it's like, uh, there's 10,000 new bands out there, guys. Come so, but yeah, anyway, a bunch of underground bands that not too many people ever really talk about. Yeah, yeah, and and of course I know Mike, your favorite stuff is the uh, the guy in uh, Naked whose song you played. I'm gonna go have beers with him this week sometime. So <laughs> there you go. I, I, you know, I, I should. I, I, I can't even say nothing. I don't know what to say. No. <laughs> I'm just, it's not my I'm cup just, of tea, but no, I a lot just of people like that and enjoy I, I'm just teasing you. It was too easy to resist, you know. And I mean, hey, you gave, we, you gave it a shot, and I appreciated you giving them a listen to, you know. And it's, it's like I say, it's a um, Alex, you know, you're 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 still a younger guy, and, and you'll see there's a lot of different colors on this tapestry of metal that's all out Definitely. there. Definitely. You know, I will uh, let all you guys go, and you stay metal and stay uh Stay rocking. I have to get to all the photos I took the other night and try to do something with them. So I earn the earn the site name. All right. You got it, Mr. Kenny Pierce of PiercingMetal.com. Thank and, you very much. Good, and, both and, and, and kudos on that Facebook page. That's that's great. You need that Facebook page now. You know. Thank it's, you. Thanks for convincing me. Yeah, I wrote I wrote like ten different long technical emails to him, Alex, and that's what the. I read them all. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. I get geeky. Bye, guys. Be well. Take care, Ken. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Mr. Kenny Pears of PearsonMetal.com, giving you all the best metal reviews right here in the New York area. Go check out his site. All right, Alex. So I know, Alex, you said you might not want to do the show no more Thursdays. How do you think you're going to keep the show maybe just Saturdays or you're up in the air? I haven't made the decision yet. I was just thinking, you know, it just seems like that so many people have said to me that, you know, the weekend is better, you know, and I, I don't do the show until later anyway, so by the time I think I would go on, most people would be in by then, no? I think so. I know I am. I always like it because I, well, I work at night during the week, so it's hard for me. I catch replays, right. but it's, yeah, well, it's fun I to ju- be there live. Like, I'm, I'm just getting fed up with the Thursday show because, for one thing, it's difficult on me because, you know, I got to get up for school and stuff, and, you know, it's okay in the summer, but, you know... You know, yeah. it's just there's there's rushing and there's uh you know and not as many people show up uh, because it's during the week. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe I should just do away with it. I don't know yet, though. Hey, well, you let us know what you decide to do, because you know we'll all be there, and everybody should know now that it's Metal Salt Radio, no more Dio Priest, right? Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, nope, not anymore. Although I, okay. still, although I'm still in the chat room under the name, but uh. Yeah, yeah, you could I, always change that. Had, had to do away with the Dio stigma just because everybody, like, thought it was, like, an all Ronnie James Dio-based show. They were expecting to hear two hours of nothing but Dio, Dio talk, Dio this, Dio that. Yeah. I, I haven't been doing that since, like, the real early days of the show. Like, I, sure. I did that maybe for the first couple months and then and then, like... Actually, you know, I actually have to thank you for a lot of the change because you introduced me to so many great uh, underground bands that I started realizing, hey, you know, there's so many bands that don't get attention. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize. Everybody thinks, you know, like Kenny was just saying the same thing about, you know, he was referring to like the newer bands, like giving the newer bands a chance. But in the same sense, there are so many bands from the 80s that aren't priests, Scorpions, Dio, Black Sabbath, that people just forgot about, like, you yeah. know, Ruthless and Explorer and Halloween and... 
you know, the bands that I play on my show and those bands turned you on and you're coming up with a whole new format based around mm-hmm. that and it's needed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, of course, I I love Dio and the, and taking nothing away from the, those bands, you know, but you know, it's just there's they've been played so much and they're played on every other show on the internet and everywhere else, so you figure, you know, uh, why not spotlight a lot of these other bands and give them a shot, you know? Exactly, and that's what you're doing. So everybody, check out Alex's old show, but with a new name, Metal Attack Radio. You have a show this Thursday anyway, right? To decide what you're doing. Oh yeah. If uh, if anything, I'm probably not going to be doing anything until October, I would think. Okay. Well, we'll decide then, right? Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for the plug too. Hey, anytime. You're my buddy. You got to do that. We got to support each other. You yeah. know what? How about we do our demolition segment right now? The demo is available at the block spot. The link yep, right I... here in the little window. You can download it. It's a band called Soldier. Uh, they came out of uh, San Francisco, California back in the day. Uh, they actually put out a record first called Babylon in 86 yeah. and followed it up with a demo uh, before breaking up. And they were like a – most of the lyrics were like Christian-based. You know, I guess they were like a white metal band, a Christian metal band. But they were pretty good. And even though I can't find the album, I did have it at one time. I do have the demo still. And here's the first track on that demo called Heart of Stone.
right, that was Palace with High Speed on Ice coming off the title track of the same record. Billy Sheenan, I, I saw, like Kenny was just saying in the chat room, the first show I saw was Quiet Riot at Lemoore's in 1983. Uh, I think it was right after Metal Health came out, but I knew the band that because was Randy good. Rose played in them. And uh, that's how I knew them. And I don't think the album broke when they played at Lemoore's, but Palace was the opening band. And I remember when they came out, I never heard of them. You know, I didn't know who they were. And I saw the bass player up there playing that bass like it was a guitar. And I was like, holy shit, what the hell is that? And, you know, then you found out later on, you know, it was Billy Sheenan. But back then, nobody knew who he was or the band. And uh, they were just so great. They sounded great. That must have been an amazing show. Oh, they were incredible. I I just, I can't remember who the singer of the band was. Uh, Was it a guy named Dave... Constantino, I don't even remember. You can't even really find a lot about the band anywhere, but yeah. they were really good. And, you know, after that, he kind of uh, went on to different things. And, you know, most people know him from Mr. Big and playing with uh, David Lee Roth in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Billy, amazing bass player, no doubt about that. I haven't actually heard any of the earlier uh, Quiet Riot stuff with Randy. Is it good? Yeah, I mean, it, it's rock and roll. It's it's rock, yeah. you know. It's the rock record. It's nothing well, it was, special. It, it, was, it, was, it was still the mid-70s, too, so... Yeah, the first two records were in Japan only. I remember buying them at Tower Records in the, in the Village uh, in, the, in the early 80s. And I think I paid like $25 a record, which today would be about $75. Yeah, they were a lot of money. And that was like a lot. Yeah, back then, yeah, it was uh, Japanese bootlegs. But I got the two original uh, albums. Uh, actually, I only paid that for one. After that, my friend Eddie found one of the, you know, there were no computers back then. You know, uh, everything was done with price guns. You put a sticker on there. We found the price gun on the floor at Tower Records. And we took it home, and we used to write up, you know, uh, stickers like 99 cents and slap them on every album and just bring them up to the counter before we got there. <laughs> so that saved us a lot of money for a long time until we ran out of tape in the reel. So we got a lot of records real cheap at Tower Records after that. But uh, Talos was a great band, really good. If you don't have those records, I definitely say go check them out. You know, a little yeah, more on well. the commercial side of rock, but that's what was going on at that time, too. So. Yeah, perfect. Uh, all right, let me see. I gotta get this interview on with the jammer from Brute Force. How about I do one more song, and then uh, we'll go right into that interview. Sound good, Alex? Yep. Uh, you're supposed to take Tommy's place, but they not say anything. But okay, we'll we'll go with that. I'm not used to it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're not used to people talking to you, not answering back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do some Udo Udo Dirk Schneider for you. We do for you. We do for you. Raiders! 
that's what we really wanted to do. I don't, I don't think you can actually try to start out doing uh, a particular uh, specific kind of music, but the way it worked out is how it worked out like that, and we're happy because my personal opinion is uh, the 80s metal sound is the best sound around for the heavy metal guys. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, wrestling and rock just go, like, hand in hand. So it's sort of like, like almost like a continuation of what you guys were doing, just in a different genre. Right, exactly correct, exactly. We like doing both of them. Yes. How does it feel like getting into the scene now? Because, you know, metal kind of died out in the 90s, and it's starting to make a really good comeback now, especially the classic sound of music. Are you guys seeing it out there when you're playing live? Um, actually, L.A. is kind of difficult out here. It's uh, not as much in L.A., but I. But you're absolutely correct. Um, that sound kind of died out for a while in the 90s, like you mentioned. And um, but the thing of it is, it's so good of a sound that all the bands that played in the '80s and '90s are still playing now. Like they're real big. Like Judas Priest and Motley Crue still big, and Wasp is still big, and Motorhead and and Iron Maiden. So we know that sound is really good because it stood the test of time through all that. So now I, I don't really hear those kind of that kind of music from a lot of groups. Um, I'm not trying to be negative on groups, but I hear a lot of harmonizing, and um, I don't hear a lot of good leads and that heavy metal kind of, that good, you know, ballsy kind of sound. So, yeah. uh, you know, we just, maybe we came at the right time, but uh, and I'm glad that we kind of fit in that. I'm I'm honored, and my brother and I are honored that we are fit in that kind of uh, genre, that kind of sound. I, I, I don't mind when people say we sound like 80s, 80s heavy metal. I think that's a great thing, in my personal opinion. Oh, it is, because that was the best sound of music, in my opinion, ever was. That's what I grew up on. And you listen to bands today, they seem to have forgotten how to write songs. You know, there's got to be a, you know, a hook, a verse, a chorus, like I said, a solo. They forgot how to write it. And you guys managed to, to capture all that. You got catchy songs that are brutal. I mean, that's that's a great combination. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's – and we don't try to get too serious about our songs. We could get political if we wanted to, but we just try to – we just try to basically stay with like an ACDC kind of formula where it's just all about uh, chicks banging your head, kicking ass, and just liking the you know heavy metal music, just rock and roll basically. Yeah, the best stuff in life. That's all that matters. Yep, yep, you're absolutely correct. How does the music business compare to the wrestling business? Because both of them are extremely difficult to break into and you know make a name for yourself. You manage to do it with the wrestling end. How does it work out with the music? Well, actually, it's the same kind of business. It's kind of a, you know, I don't want to say cutthroat, but you, it's a tough business to get into. You gotta, you gotta be willing to uh, pay your dues. You gotta be willing to hang in there for the long haul, and you gotta be honest with yourself. If you don't, um, you know, if you don't have all your ducks in a row, so to speak, um, it just makes it that more difficult. But both businesses, uh, you gotta pay your dues. You gotta, you know, you gotta make sure you have all the basics covered in both industries and you just got to be willing to do what you want to do if that's what you love and what you want to do you got to be able to stay the course basically i think it's the best thing yeah, yeah you have to kind of be true to yourself and and know that this is what you want to do and know that what you have is something that is uh marketable and is a good thing for people in both businesses basically yeah without a doubt and you guys are a three-piece band were you always a three-piece band even when you guys were younger and playing was that always something you know, you wanted to just keep it as a three-piece to show your brother and a guitar player? Yeah, when we started out, we actually wanted just to do cover music because we just wanted to uh, basically get out and make some money and play music. And we had a hard time finding a singer. Um, 
so one day um, I saw a wrestler on TV singing a song. And I'm thinking, you know what, if he can sing that song, then I probably can too. So we'd already had a guitar player, my brother on drums, and me bass. So I decided to kind of just cut all the cover stuff out and try to write music kind of like Lemmy. That's why I like Motorhead so much. Yeah. It's not so much that Lemmy has that kind of voice. It's that he has that voice, and he's able to work his music around his voice and make it all work out. So we've always been a three-piece band from that point. Yeah, you know, I, I always say that to him. You have people like Ronnie James Dio, Jeff Tate, the most amazing vocalist, you know, around the metal. Then you got Lemmy, who to me is the same, or Kronos and Venom, who's the same. You know, just because they don't hit those high notes or whatever, they they sing from the heart. You know, it comes out of them, and it, it's just as good to me as Dio or Jeff Tate. And that's one thing I appreciate when you sing from your heart. It, it's it's going to sound great. Right, and you just try to fit everything around what you have, and just hope that it works out. But yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That's why you're you're absolutely correct. Dio has a great voice. Jeff Tate has a great voice. Then you hear someone like Lemmy, and we know that uh, we know you talk about we talk about Venom. They just are able to fit what they do around their their uh, band, and uh, usually those guys are really into it more than anybody else. Anyway, they're really into their music and who they are as uh, metal artists and stuff, and you know things like that. That's true. And and with this EP, you got to work with a Bruce, Bruce Kulick and a Brett. I spoke with those guys a while ago. Great guys. How'd you hook up with them? Well, what happened was we actually uh, we we work out at a gym and we had finished doing uh, a couple of songs we had those uh, uh, demoed and we didn't like the way that they sounded and so we were working out in our gym and we see this guy walk back and forth every once in a while and we're looking to ourselves my brother and I are looking and thinking you know that guy looks very familiar who is he and we couldn't figure him out well one day he finally walked by and it hit me it was Bruce Kulick and we're a huge Kiss fan and we're a huge fan of his too. So we kind of cornered him. It was kind of funny. He was off in a certain part of the gym. Here come these two kind of bigger, long-haired, you know, kind of big wrestling kind of guys yeah. kind of cornering him into a corner, and he's got that look in his face like, hey, I didn't do nothing, guys, that kind of thing. But we told him we used to wrestle, and uh, we're in a band, and we're trying to find somebody in L.A. that can actually uh, do a good job on production of our music. And he goes, well, why don't you call my brother? And it was Bob Kulick. So we called Bob. Uh, we, he invited us to come to the studio. We first talked to him for about an hour and a half about wrestling, and then we got into music uh, and what he could do for us. And then we went from that point, and they did a great job. Bob Kulick and Brett Chasen did a great job, I think, on our uh, EP. They really helped us work out. Uh, you know, we may not may or may not be the best musicians, but they really helped us uh, kind of mold our band and our image and really work with my vocals and help me. So they did a great job, and they deserve a lot of credit for uh, that EP for us, in, in our opinion. I, I would love to work with them for the rest of my life if that's possible. We, who knows if it is or not. Well, yeah, Bob is a great guy in the studio. He brings out the best in people. And it, it, Was this like your first time like in a real recording studio, like recording tracks like for an album like this? Yeah, we had recorded, uh, yeah, we had recorded before like uh, maybe a couple songs here or there, but to have this kind of professionalism and this good of a studio, yeah, that is our first time. When you go into the studio like that, you get you're sitting down with a guy like Bob. Like you, you know, you wrote the songs. You know how you want them to be. Is it difficult when they tell you, "Well, let's change this around. Let's do it this way," because you have like in your mind, "This is the way I wrote it," or are you kind of open to like it because you know he's going to, you know, guide you the, the way you want to go? You know what it was was we were willing to listen to them because, in my personal opinion, Bob is a Grammy Award winner. And he's played with a lot of people before, and he's influenced a lot of people. He's worked with Kiss and Meatloaf and, and, and people like that. So we were willing to listen to what the suggestions that they had. 
and the suggestions that they had just made it that much better. So maybe we're not the norm, but we're willing to listen to people that are professional and know this business more than we do. So we were willing to listen to what they did, what they told us to do, and what they thought it should be. And then we kind of talk it out and we come up with one, you know, solid answer. But we were more than willing to listen to what they had to say because those guys are professional and they've been around and they know. And, uh, you know, they they are so professional that you trust what your product is going to be is going to be professional through them. No, I know, cause I, and they did a great job on the on the album. Anybody who hasn't heard it yet, Thanks, they have to pick it up because it's just you're just bringing back that classic sound again to a new generation. And I know you're saying L.A. is kind of like iffy out there, you know, I, and even in the 80s it kind of was. But uh, is there enough activity to keep you, you know, busy out there, or are you looking to try to branch out? I know it's not so easy today, like just pick up and go cross country and start playing shows. But uh, are you looking to get out of there soon and to start playing around the country? Yeah, we're trying to right now to, to look into doing some touring with some different groups, and I can't mention it yet because it hasn't happened, and I don't want to change myself. But yeah, we're trying to get out of here. We've uh, last year um, we kicked our band back, uh, started up again in uh, January of 2010, and we played about 45 shows in this Southern California area. Wow. So we want to branch out a little more, uh, go across the country, do a few things. We're hoping maybe we can get to Europe too. So we're trying to branch out as much as we can now. And, uh, you know, by, you know, a, a nice guy like you helping us out like this, it really makes a big difference for us, too. So we really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I'm enjoying talking to you, and I'll do whatever I can to get you guys. I would love to see you come to New York and plan on us. I know it's not so easy. Everybody's like, well, come to New York, come to, you know, come to North Carolina, come here. It's a lot involved with it. It's expensive. Uh, do you have, when you, at the clubs in California, do they work a lot with that pay-for-play or selling the tickets, or you get paid for your set? Yeah, it's all pay-for-play out here. It's pretty yeah. tough. Actually, L.A. is pretty tough right now, right? Yeah, New York is the same way. They do not – it seems to be happening more. I mean, it was always like that, but it's just happening more and more. It seems like we have to – and it's difficult for a band coming from another state to have to come in and try to sell tickets or pay and play, and that's the shame of it all because it prevents a lot of great bands like yourself from getting around. It's not, it's not as easy as it used to be these days. Yeah, you know, it might be something that you had mentioned too uh, – Maybe the music just isn't as good as it was before, and it's kind of also maybe a lot of these uh, club owners and people like that just don't want to take a chance on doing anything, so they make sure they cover the losses, plus maybe the economy. So, you know, maybe those two things have factors to do with it. But, yeah, it's pretty brutal out here. It's really, you know, it's all pay to play. And um, and one thing about here, because we're from Atlanta, one thing that we noticed out here is that most people don't start coming to the shows till like 10 o'clock. Whereas, like in Atlanta, if you had a show and you had three or four people on a card, three or four bands on a card, everybody wanted to come to the beginning of the show and stay all the way through. They wanted to get their money's worth. So it's not like that out here. I don't know about New York, but it's not like that out here. Yeah, no, it's, it's L.A. and New York, it's almost the same thing. It's going on here. You have bands like you will have bands like the Rods who have been around for a long time, you know, David Feinstein and Carl Kennedy. And when they play shows right. here, and they're, they're, usually they're the headliners because they've got the most experience, they're going on second or third on the bill. Because people won't stay to the end anymore. Even though they're the headliners, they're going on in somewhere in the middle of the build, and then they're leaving because they know nobody's going to stay till the end. I think that's the biggest shame. You go out, I mean, especially here in New York right now, tickets for shows are going for ten dollars, twelve dollars. You're getting four bands. How can you beat that? It's three dollars a band. You're getting to see four bands. You know, and if you walk away with one of them being something that you liked, it's an experience to see them all. People just aren't staying anymore here, and that's that's really you know it's a shame. It's kind of how it is out here too. I I totally agree with you though. It's uh it's discouraging. That's why it's kind of uh 
if you're a, if you're a band and you know that you have a good product or you think you know you you feel good about yourself and what you're doing, you got to kind of hang in there because those are uh, those are tough times for all of us right now. Yeah, it is. It is. Like I said, the tickets are so cheap. Everybody should just get out to a show on a weekend. Go support all these local bands and bands coming into the area. That's the only way we're going to keep this thing going. And I, I, I say it every week. I don't think anybody listens, but they really should because it's such a cheap night out. It costs more money for a ticket to the movie here in New York than to go to a club and see a whole bunch of bands. So they got to get out to the clubs because one day you guys are going to be bouncing around from state to state, and people have to see you because they hear you guys put on a really great show. Yeah, we have a really good show, we're, we, we, and we're trying to improve on things, too, as far as some flash and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. you got to get people out to the clubs, or else it's going to just be the same dull situation that it is now. You're absolutely correct, man, no doubt. I know. So, so what's the future plans for Brutal Force? What do you got lined up, or what are you trying to get accomplished before the end of the year, maybe in 2012? Well, we're trying to... Um, hook up on some good tours with some bigger name bands to get us some exposure and we're also uh, trying to get ourselves to Europe uh, those are the two main things for us right now so we're you know we're working hard to do what we need to do to, to get those two things accomplished because we do feel that if we could just get out there a little bit and get our music out a little bit that people would like us and our style of music so those are the two areas that we're concentrated on the most Oh, that's going to be great. And I, I know you guys also do acting. I don't know if you got anything coming up that you want to give a plug to. I heard that you guys are in the new Adam Sandler film coming out. Yeah, we we were we did a part in the new Adam Sandler movie that's coming out. Uh, I, I believe it's coming out this fall. It's called Jack and Jill, and it was a movie about twins. Now we don't know yet if we're going to actually make the uh, we didn't make the cutting room floor or not, but we actually did uh, 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 work with him. And it was really great for us. It was the first big, uh, you know, major part that we actually had. And it was, I got to work with my brother, who's great. He's just like doing the band. I, I know I can count on him and he can count on me. And we got to work with Adam, who's a really just a super nice guy, just a friendly, super nice guy. The director, Dennis Duggan, uh, is a really nice guy. And uh, they treated us great. So we'll see what happens on that. Um, I wish we had more because we just put the money into the band anyway. You know how it works, right? Exactly. It's like a machine. you got to keep feeding it all the time. Well, I'm glad that you guys got this going, man. I'm telling you, Jamba, I'm excited for you guys, and I'm hoping you can make it to the New York area. And, you know, kick-ass heavy metal. Whoever doesn't have it already should go out and get it. Uh, can they get it anywhere? Is it also available for download? Yeah, you can download it. You can go to our site right now, which is just the MySpace, myspace.com, uh, brute force, and it's F-O-R-C-Z, not F-O-R-C-E. It's kind of spelled different. You can get it on Amazon, Apple, iTunes, all that. You can go to our website. We have loud tracks. Uh, you can get it just about anywhere. We appreciate that, too, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, Jam, anytime. I appreciate you talking to me today. I'm going to get this on next week's show. The best of luck, guys, and, uh, you know, keep it coming. Hey, and if you need anything from us, let us know, man. I'm glad to take care of you. Appreciate it. I, I need somebody to drive. You can come over to New York and do that for me. We're all right. <laughs> there you go. We have a we have a move that we use called the slam and jam, and that's a power drive, a power uh, uh, move. So we'll do that to them. All right. That sounds great, Jim. I appreciate it, buddy. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks a lot, Mike. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Take care. It's nice talking to you. Take care. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye.
or something, so always well, be here happens. when I'm around. Yeah, that's okay. It happens. Yeah. Right, what was I, talking? I was talking about something before I was getting started. Oh, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the band Silver Mountain. Uh, no. They were around in the 80s. They they got back together last year. They put out a reunion DVD that just came out from a show they did uh, last September. Um, the, the only thing the band is really known for is that Yngwie Malmsteen played with them in the beginning when he was like a teenager. Uh, wow. I, I think there might be some recordings going around, but it was nothing official or on record or anything. That must uh, be really early on. I've never heard of that. Yeah, he, he was a, he was a teenager. I think it was the first band he played in. Yeah, well, uh, I not well. He he was pretty young when he was in uh, Alcatraz, wasn't he? 
Yeah, he had to be in his early 20s because uh, after Silver Mountain, I believe he came to America, and that's when he hooked up with uh, Ron Keel and they did Steeler. Uh, right. It was mostly just to get him started over here, and then you know he left to go do his own thing, as everybody knows. But he he's not on the DVD. They had all the members that were in the band over time on the DVD. I think there was like three or four different lineups of the band. But uh, I think the lineup they wanted to get was Jingve back in there because that was the only thing that would draw attention to them. They sounded like Viking metal, I guess, back then. It's hard to describe the music. It, so basically, band, but ended up doing later. What happened? So that's basically what Ingve did later, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But if you're interested in Silver Mountain, pick up the DVD. You know, it's uh, the two brothers that were the mainstays in the band. I believe they left when Yingve left, and he went to go form something else. I don't remember what the hell was going on. It's so long ago, I could barely remember yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I the Silver Mountain that. is out. And then uh, there's a band called Prime Evil that features Tony Dolan. Uh, he used to be in Vampire's Chronos. Yeah, they changed their name to Empire of Evil because some other band, they said had the name, and Tony was supposed to come on the show, and he kind of stood me up, I think. He never got back to me after he agreed to it, so, so he's I got to give him one more call. You know, I will give him another chance, because I'm a big Adam Craft fan, which is uh, his other band, so I'll give him one more shot. Oh, I'm not, I think he's, him saved, and Paul. He's, uh, he's saved from uh, the Black Buck there. Yeah, we'll give him one more shot. Maybe we'll put him and Paul in there at the same time if they bail out after one more time of asking. We'll see what happens. You never know, and uh, I tell you one thing, late night TV, it's been getting hot for metal lately. Anthrax was on Jimmy Fallon. I noticed that. Of them. Yeah, and Alice Cooper was on Jay Leno, uh, I think, Monday or Tuesday of this week. That surprises me, too. Yeah, it seems like late night TVs featuring a lot of metal acts. They had Motorhead on. I think Motorhead was on Jimmy Fallon a few weeks ago or a few hey. months ago. Ozzy. So, uh, yeah, I think Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon must be a metal fan. Yeah, all these late night shows all of a sudden, except for David Letterman. I think they're all pretty much... Uh, you know, jumping on the hard rock and metal bandwagon. That's what got the ball rolling in the 80s with MTV, so maybe it'll, uh, you know, drum up some new interest in uh, metal again. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, that's what I say. But I tell you, look at the chat room. It's pathetic. You would never think that 10,000 people a week listen to these two shows. Why, <laughs> the chat room? Cause there's never one oh, well, so, well s- certainly, not, <laughs> certainly not me. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. You look at it, it's like two or three people in there at the most, but the show gets like 10,000 on the average, like 10,000 listeners a week. Yeah, and, and, you, and you, are, you and I are the only actual chatters in there. Everybody yeah, else. nobody. <laughs> you know, Kenny, I appreciate it stops in every now and then, and Anthony and Reese. You know, it's mostly like friends that, that yeah. pop in and out, and sometimes you get a couple of guests that are friends of the band. They want to listen, but they don't want to. You know, register for an account. I get, I get, I get pretty much nobody in my chat. I, my, my chat hasn't had more than two people in, in probably over a month now. Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, I see some of these shows. They got like you know, twenty, thirty, forty people in there. I mean, it gets busy with a lot of these shows, but yeah, I, this I, one, I, but, I get, but, I guess the important part is that they're listening. But you know, it's always fun when you get to chat with the listeners. You know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Tonight it was pre-recorded the interview, so I, I could have had more time to talk. But most of the time, the guests are live. So I really can't talk in the chat a lot because I'm interviewing, but uh, it is nice to have a few more people to talk to. But yeah, well, you know, it's 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 just another part of the show. You know, it's fun for people to be able to go in there and chat with each other while they're listening to the show. But some people, you know, they're busy, they're doing other things, they just listen to the show in the background. And exactly. I mean, yeah. I don't really care. I mean, I'm like I said, as long as they listen, that's all that matters to me, and I know they are. So I'm happy and appreciative of that. And like I was saying before, next week is the three-year anniversary of the show. We're gonna have a uh, Doro Pesh. Uh, next uh, week, uh, we were supposed to have Paul Diano, but he has to... Uh, what happened to Biff Byford? Biff, we're going to do live in October. They want to do it at oh, the okay. so it's going to be live. I tried real hard, uh, but because they're on tour and they're moving around, 
and was making it too difficult. So we're going to do that live uh, when they get to New York in October. So this will be on in October. Yeah, did, geez, does it feel like three years already? No, it went by really quick, I have to tell you. Yeah, it does. It just flies by, you know. You yeah, well, that's what everybody's it. been saying, like, about a lot of things. Like, I'll be coming up on two years in December, and uh, I can remember the first uh, show like it was yesterday. It's like, you know, I know it, 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 everybody tells me this, and I'm noticing it more and more now with each passing year. It just goes quicker and quicker. Yeah, I know. You know, when you're a young guy, you know, you're still young, so you kind of, like, rush yeah. to look forward to 21. But boy, I tell you, once you hit 40, those years, they just start piling on. They get yeah. quicker and quicker and quicker. Yep. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. I'm down to the last maybe 15 years, 20 years if I'm lucky. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. Oh, my God, yeah. time is running short, just like this show. So we only got about a half hour left. I'm going to try to get that other interview I did on. If not, I'll save it for another time because I really didn't promote it, but it's getting kind of old now. I Which one? Two albums since then. Which one? It's a band called Misery. They're from New York. Uh, I interviewed them a while ago, but uh, since I interviewed them, I think they put out two records. I forgot all about this. I found it today. I was like, oh, I forgot all about this one. Wow. <laughs> I figured let me get well, it Well, yeah, on. I mean, you've done so many hundreds of interviews since then. How would you remember? Yeah, just, this one got by me. I'm pretty good with it, but this one kind of slipped by me. So if we have time, maybe the last, it's only 15 minutes long, maybe the last 15 minutes of the show will uh, Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to sound dated, huh? Yeah, I think so. We'll <laughs> give it a shot, but... We'll see if we don't have enough music uh, to fit in, but I'm going to get on a band called Tyrant now. It's not my buddies from California. This is the German Tyrant, and uh, okay. his book called Goddess.
Bye. 
right, that was Axe Attack with Knife Fighter. Band comes out of Melbourne, Australia. I think the last time I played that band was when I did the Wide World of Metal. I did the Australia show, but that's off the Shock Rock record from 1984. That's all the band put out, oh. uh, and I think a couple of demo tapes before or after the record. They were pretty good. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I enjoy that. I forgot, one of the guys in the band, I think, was doing a... Uh, he might still be doing documentary films now. He made something called Satanism and Rock Music. I think it was like an hour-long documentary. Uh, yeah, well, that, Satanism and Rock have always been very good friends. That's right. They go hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah, as a matter yeah. of fact, I was in I was in uh, Barnes & Noble yesterday, and I came across uh, the Anne Tom LaVey uh, Satanic Rituals book. Yeah, I have the Satanic Bible I bought back in, like, 1982 <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah that's back. one King Diamond always used to read out of, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why we uh, we bought it back then, to look cool. It's a bunch of nonsense, <laughs> but, you know, you just want to be as different as you can as a kid. You want to just, like, shock people, you know? Yeah. And that was one of the things we did. All right, let me see. we got about a half hour left in the show. Don't forget everybody this Thursday on the Metal Matinee. It was the wider, it was the United States of Metal, Texas, but then I realized I already did Texas, so I spent a lot of time uploading songs oh, man. for a show I can't do. I've got so many shows I can't remember. So instead, the tour bus is pulling into Arizona. We'll go as close to Texas as we can, so don't forget this Wednesday, uh, this Thursday, the Metal Matinee at 1 o'clock. Yeah, you're, 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 you're going to start running out of themes soon. I'm telling you, I, this week I was sitting there trying to put shows together for October. I was like, I did that, I did that, I did that. I was like, all right, so... Some of them were pretty good. A couple of them I had to dig a little deep for, <laughs> a little on the on the crazy side. But have uh, you done? Uh, have you done? Uh, what what's it? Um, like a like a like a dark like a death related theme. Like any songs that are about death or anything. Yeah, I did death, darkness. You know, it is. It's easy to do a show like when you pick out a name of something. You know, like you said, dark, and they come up with title. Those are easy ones. I'm trying to do ones that. I, every now and then you do one of those because you're just out of ideas. But, you know, you try to think of, of, of different things. I was putting one together today about the ten plagues of Egypt. So you know, wow. you know so, so you come up with an idea or a theme, but then you have to have the albums, and it has to be from the '80s because that's really what the show is all about. I mean, or at least by an artist, you know, involved with the '80s. So it's not that easy. So I got wow. one of the ten plagues coming. That's really uh, Lice is the only one I can't come up with. Uh, I can't find the song on Lice, but I'm trying. Oh, that that's that's really digging there, Egypt. Uh, yeah, it's actually I found a lot of great songs that go with the different plagues, but Lice is throwing me off. All I can find is one death metal band that has a song on Lice. If I have to get it on, I will, but I'm not crazy about that kind of music. Yeah. Well, what about uh, what about like uh, any like what about like historical metal? Any metal songs that are based on history? That's a good idea. I have to I have to do that one. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of metal bands that wrote about like historical stuff. That's a good one. I'm gonna have to I have to I gotta I got everything set for October, so I'm gonna do that for November. It gives me time to. It was easier when the metal matinee was a half hour or 45 minutes. Now it's an hour. It's like another three or four songs you need, and it gets harder to kind of fill up that space. What, what, what made you extend it to an hour? When they started charging twenty nine ninety nine a month to do Blog Talk Radio, I feel I get my money's worth. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Yeah, but even if I don't come up with a whole hour's worth, I'll do a 45-minute show. It's it's just a midweek-themed show. It's okay. Yeah, why not? Well, we talked about 9-11 before. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had Ronnie Sticks on the show. Ronnie used to sing with Vicious Rumors, and now he's got his band Blood Red Skies going. And he emailed me a song to play during the show. I just couldn't get it on in time. 
And it was better off because it's the title track of the band also. Blood Rest Guys is the name of the song. And it's about 9-11. And uh, Ronnie dropped me an email the other day asking me to play it tonight. You know, for all the people that lost their lives during 9-11. So we're going to get that one off for you right now. Check out Ronnie's band. Some really good stuff there. Uh, here's Blood Rest Guys. And the name of the song is Blood Rest Guys. Okay, I don't know what happened there, but it's not <laughs> Yeah, I don't that was there. Ah, you hear that, right? Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, for some reason it's not playing, so uh, I'll try to upload it again if I can before the yeah, end of the show. Yeah, it, it was just like a loud static noise. I know. Even when he sent the first song to me, Ronnie, it kept coming up like it was a corrupted file, and he resent it, and it worked fine. This might have been the same thing. For some reason, it didn't go through right, but I, I do apologize. Blog Talk uh, Radio for you. Yeah, I, I think it's actually the MP3 the way it was sent because it happened yeah. with the first one he sent to. I'll try to see if I can upload it again. If not, I have to get it on at another time. So I apologize uh, to everybody on Ronnie. It's a really, really good song too. All right, well, what can I get off for you now since that's uh, gone down the crapper? <laughs> I, you know what? We'll, put, we'll do a little scanner for you. Killing Fields.
All right, that was Scanner. That comes off the first record, Hypertrace, from 1988. The band got back together a few years ago, and uh, I think the only original member is uh, Axel, if, I, uh, if I'm correct. Uh, I think he's the only one still playing in the band. And they got a few records out after that. Yeah, yeah I, I love those Germans, man. They know how to put out heavy metal. Oh, my God. There's just so many great German bands. Um, it's like the ShamWow guy said. It's made in Germany. They know how to make things, you know. Yeah, they do. I mean, even... I know that band you turned me on, New Gravedigger. They're amazing. Yeah, Gravedigger's a good band, too. You know, Germany's like the home of heavy metal these days. They they live for it there. They breathe it. And they're still loyal, you know. Not like, you know, us over here in this country. Unfortunately. Yeah, you I know, mean, I talk to all these bands, and, you know, whenever you say, why don't you play the U.S. anymore, I understand why. It's like half of them can barely can barely fill up a small club. I know you told me, like, a lot of great bands lately have only been bringing in, like, 50 or 100 people. Yeah, there's not... People just aren't coming... I understand a lot of it is, you know, um, a lot of the 80s bands that are playing today or have gotten back together, when they do come around, it's people like myself in their mid-40s, you know, early 50s that want to go see them, but they play during the week. They're on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and... You know, like here in New York, right. people work in the city. So when they get out of work at 3 o'clock and they travel two hours back home, they don't want to get back in the car train and go back into the city for two hours and do it again. So they're not showing up. And a lot of the kids can't go because some of them are 21 and over, 18 and over, clubs. So, you know, they kind of freeze yeah. the younger crowd out, which is a shame because they would go, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there, there's several shows I've wanted to go to that I couldn't go to. There's some clubs I can get into that are 18 plus, but the majority of them are 21 and over, which I, I kind of don't understand the correlation between that because you're like, you can serve alcohol at 18. And technically, all they have to do is like stamp your hand or something so they know sure. you're underage and then they don't have to serve you liquor. Why can't I just go in and watch the show, you know? They used to do that a lot here in New York, but I'm finally getting to either one or the other now. Uh, not a lot of places are doing that anymore. Yep. Uh, I guess they don't even want to take the chance of a, of a kid getting a hold of a drink and then them losing yep. their license. I understand that, why. but you know, you know, they could they could come up with something. I mean, like like me, uh, like uh, obsessions coming. Uh, they're gonna be in New Haven, and uh, my friends' vengeance are opening. And, uh, you know, I'd love to go see Obsession and, uh, you know, but it's 21 and over. So, uh, you know, they were going to see if they could, they know the owner and stuff. So they were going to see if they could work something out and get me in. But, you know, it's a pain in the ass. Sure. You don't know until, uh, they find out. Oh, you know what? Uh, when's the show? Um, a few weeks, October 8th, I believe it is. Okay. I'll get your fake ID out in the mail before then. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Perfect. I'll take care of you. I'll have yeah, that before works. you know yeah. it. Don't let my don't let my don't let my parents hear that. <laughs> no, 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 no. And uh, it's a college ID. Don't worry about it. It's okay. You're going yeah, to college exactly. next year, right? Yeah. Don't worry about it. All right, we got a few minutes left in the show. Uh, Dan Bieler, uh, the former drummer and singer of Exciter, he's got his band Bieler together for a couple of years now. They just got signed a few weeks ago to a record label. Uh, they're going to have that album out hopefully uh, by the end of the year, maybe beginning of next year. Sent me over a track off the brand new record. Uh, so we're going to get that. I believe the album is called Messages to the Dead. And I'm looking forward to it. I haven't had a chance to play the song yet. I just uploaded it before the show. So this is going to be coming off the forthcoming dealer record. Here's a song called March of Death. Yeah. 
That was Chariot with Screams in the Night. we got a few minutes left in the show. Enough time for one more song, but I want to remind everybody, tomorrow I am going to be on the Bradshaw Chronicles. Christy Bradshaw interviewed me, and I want to thank her so much. I had a great time talking to her. She mixed in. She asked me for a few songs to send her, so I mixed in a car. Alex, I gave her Leisure Lord. I gave her Cities, a few other bands, and she awesome. kind of intertwined the music uh, with the interview. So listen to that tomorrow on WROM. You can also go to realmsofmusic.com. Just yeah, go make, to Facebook. Make, yeah, make sure you send me the link to that. I'll be sure to uh, tune in. I will. She usually uploads it on YouTube also. Chrissy Bradshaw is all over the place. Just type in the Bradshaw Chronicles. Look for my show and uh, give it a listen. It's only about a 10, 15-minute interview with some music mixed in. But I want to thank Christy a bunch for doing that for me. Don't forget this Thursday at 1 o'clock, the Metal Matinee. It's the United States of Metal, Arizona. And next Sunday is a three-year anniversary show. I want to thank my co-host by default who just happened to get sucked into it tonight, Alex, for hanging out with me. And don't forget, your show will be on this Thursday at 8 o'clock, right? Yep, just a regular old two hours of playing music and hanging around. That's the best kind of show, and that's 8 o'clock, Metal Attack Radio. Alex, thank you very much, buddy. I'm going to play one You're more welcome, song buddy. and close it out. All right, have a great night. You too, Alex. Take care, buddy. Thank you very much. All right, even though this song wasn't written for 9-11, it kind of uh, fits in with it. Uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, Hades. Alan Tecchio, great guy. He was on a few years back. I'm trying to get on uh, songs over this month of all the guests that I've had on, and we'll probably do that for the whole show next week. Uh, and Hayes are definitely one of my favorite bands. I wish they would play more. They get back together for reunion shows here and there, a lot of the festivals overseas. But uh, I missed them the last time they were at Dingbats, and uh, I will have to catch them the next time. This song is called Ground Zero USA, uh, Ground Zero New York City. It was written long before 9-11 ever happened, but it kind of fits in. So... I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, it's been a great three years. I'm looking forward to many more. I will see you next week for the anniversary show.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.